Daniel Green, um, you kind of have a really interesting story. You're a racer, drag and drive. You've kind of just, you just went right into racing 100%. Yeah. Let's just get right into it. So what's what's your story of getting into the racing lately? Because I know you have a pretty crazy one, right? Uh, so three years ago, well, we'll rewind. I never grew up racing. Like racing wasn't in my, it wasn't in my blood. It wasn't something I grew up in. But three years ago, I, I had, well, I turned 30 and I had a life moment where I was like, what the heck am I doing up here in Hermiston, Oregon, trying to do something, you know, as Hermiston, Oregon is like a hole really. Mm -hmm. And I had a 12 valve Cummins diesel truck. And I went to the track a couple times, and I enjoyed it. It was fun. And then, like I said, I had just a life moment, and I just wanted to just get outside the box, you yeah. know. And So you said, like, 30 years old. Was it kind of like an epiphany? Did you pay one bill, and you were like, you know, <laughs> this is not how I want to be? Like, <laughs> it, was, it was pretty much like that because I, what a lot of people don't know is I own a logistics company. And I work from I work remotely, and I was working from from home building my company for like three years, and I basically confined myself to an apartment for three years to build this company, and I, I turned thirty. I had a moment, I had a life moment, and I said I don't want to continuously live in this apartment and not go out and enjoy life. Mm-hmm. So I sold everything I own. I bought a 44-foot race car trailer and a truck and a race truck, and I set out right when COVID happened. <laughs> was it, like, right before, or was it, like, a bad accident? Well, it was before... Bad timing, I guess you would say. Yeah, so it was, what, 2019? So 2019, September of 2019, I started this started manifesting this idea to go on this road trip mm-hmm. and i went out and sold the sold the idea to a whole bunch of uh, sponsors and i gathered up a ton of money and to help build the race truck and fund the trip but come december the race truck was almost done in january february uh, well, February is when everything started, you know, going a little bit yeah, wacky. Domino one kind of yeah. Fell. And then March came, and March was when I was supposed to set sail, and yeah. everything started getting shut down. And all, and I had a, I had a schedule, I had everything set up, and event at one after another after another started getting canceled. And imagine, you know, you go out and crowdfund a trip. You got these people's money that you promised advertising for, and you can't advertise for them. Were you kind of like, when you approached these sponsors, did you already have like a name with them? Or was this like, hey, you don't know me. You don't know me. I don't know you. So this was like full, just like throwing into the wind, like hoping, you know, throwing a dart at the dartboard, hoping in a way. I sat in front of my computer for five to six hours a day, emailing and Facebook messaging people with the idea that I'm going to go out and do this road trip and 
a one of a once in a lifetime opportunity road trip. Yeah. Will you you want to be in on it? And more people said yes than I thought. And that was the that was the scary part because you made a commitment to people that you're going to go out and do this for sure. And then all of a sudden you don't, or all of a sudden you, the opportunity was taken away from me. Yep. Yeah. It wasn't, it it was a natural disaster issue where it wasn't your fault or anything like that. And I always like say, I'll, I'll lose all of my own money, but if I lose the sponsor's money, it's like, that hurts more. Oh, for sure. Like my money, like whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. We're racers. Like yeah. it costs as much as you have anyways. Right. Right. We're definitely not in it for the profit. Yeah. That's for well, sure. at least you had like a business that you could continually kind of work from home and keep doing. Right. But then once, once it becomes real and yeah. the first sponsor check, I guess, comes in, what were you like, what was step one? So you got your sponsor check. You already were you building the truck? Was a shop building the truck? So uh, I partnered with a shop in Hermiston to help build the truck, mm-hmm. and so I strongly believe that everybody has their own uh, their own forte in life, and building stuff is not mine. Yeah. Like I'll manage it, I'll work on it, but that guy's better at building race cars and race trucks than I ever would be. And in the long long term. I think it'd be cheaper to hire a professional to do something than myself. So, well, you said you had an apartment at the time, yeah. So you weren't gonna go out there buy every tool you need, buy every <laughs> freaking wire crimper you need. Right. I, I don't blame anybody when they don't fully build their own car from yeah. scratch because right. we're not all fabricators, no. wires, and I've never welded in my life. <laughs> exactly, and a lot of people like you guys are just at the Pro Mod race this yeah. weekend. Yeah. Those chassis all come from someone. They they're all not come all from someone. Built from the ground up. Right. They're not all garage built. That's exactly. for sure. <laughs> yeah. So then you were kind of in this weird spot. What was your what What was your problem solving? I guess you say you work in logistics. What, yeah. what were you like? Okay. How do I How do I go from here? How do I evolve this? Uh, well, as as the world event started unraveling, you know, I fell into. Uh, I fell into a little bit of depression, honestly, because I'm a, I'm a man of my, of my word. And if I tell someone I'm going to go out and advertise for him and I'm going to do what I'm going to do and I have it taken away from me, like it was hard, yeah. you know, but so I pinpointed, uh, an event in, uh, Lyons, Indiana in the middle of this, it's an eighth mile racetrack in the middle of two cornfields and it was it was already on my schedule to go and i literally called the guy every single week and ensured that he was going to have his event and he says yeah dude we're in the middle of two cornfields there's no one's going to shut us down like and that was 2100 miles away from home so okay, so that's a big commitment right and especially being on the empty roads at that time yeah empty roads there's you know oh, away from home and when I started to go out on this trip, I, I'm not extremely mechanically inclined, so I didn't have a lot of tools. Mm-hmm. But I went to Home Depot and bought a 800 piece a toolkit. Yep. I was like, "This is going to get me down. This the- is what I need. <laughs> this is what's going to get me down the road." And so I took my Home Depot uh, toolkit and I traveled 2,100 miles to this uh, race. And I blew the head gasket the second pass out. Okay, so, <laughs> I mean, it's 
it is a 12 valve though they can run with rods hanging out the side of the block yeah they're they're fine yeah you can still freaking tow home with a car that's got a blown head gasket it is true but it's true I, I can understand <laughs> how that probably take a little wind out of the sails on that one have you ever had to return a forgotten bag of adult play toys to a pair of sweet old grandparents or have you spent your summer cleaning up protein spills at an amusement park how about going to work every day in a flea-infested casino Hopefully you haven't, but our guests have. Welcome to the Insiders Podcast. Each episode, we bring you an explicit account from a hotel and hospitality industry insider. To listen to these stories and more, go to theinsiders.com to subscribe. That's the Insiders, I-N-N-S-I-D-E-R-S.com. And I went and sat in the trailer for a few hours to gather myself, yeah. you know. <laughs> so you made it to the race, though, because yeah. that's actually most people's biggest issue is actually showing up on property right. is is half of the battle with yeah. any race yeah. shoot i've won more races than i can count by just being there that's true <laughs> like, that is, that is it's true. weird sometimes if you could just keep going rounds and shoot a head gasket ain't gonna stop you from pulling up to the next round if you had to yeah if i had to i would just drain all the coolant out and run it you know yeah but uh so anyways long story short is you know we got through that portion uh of the the journey but i i still felt like i got robbed you know of the opportunity because i didn't get to fully experience the road trip yeah so here we are three years into this road trip (laughs) we're still on the road guys yeah so now you've made it all the way across country to florida to florida yeah you're you're almost coast to coast at this point have you thought about just popping over there, maybe dip your feet in the ocean just to make sure you're 100% coast to coast. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> you're right there. We're, we're almost there. We're almost there. Uh, yeah, maybe I'll have to stop by Cocoa Beach. And you're right there. I mean, the coast to coast. I got Arnie's plate over here. That's coast to coast. There we go. There he, we go. He did it during COVID also. Wow. So it's a pretty similar story on that. He yeah. set out. At, he saw it as an opportunity where it kind of actually shot you in the foot which is weird yeah how those two stories kind of line out i guess but he didn't have traffic no that's why that's why he saw it as the opportunity <laughs> right. he was like this is the perfect time yeah everybody has to stay home i'm gonna go break a record that's interesting so your truck then let's go back to that so yeah you had this thing fully built like i've seen some photos of it i haven't really seen much of it what's what's the details on that uh the first edition of the truck was a 12 valve cummins uh, it was compound turbo setup, about thousand horsepower, uh, but it became really unreliable the first year, and I was always wrenching and working on it. And then I showed up to the ice cream cruise, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that was kind of like it was all or nothing there. Well, so the truck though, I just want to yeah. try to get a little more details on it. This is like a nearly tube chassis looking truck. Like, isn't it like the bedsides are cut out and everything? Oh like, it's, yeah. It's like so, not just like some heavy 12 valve. Like it's actually like a race truck. You could say, you could say that it, it looked has, like it at least it has an 850 cage in it. Uh, it has fiberglass bedsides, a fiberglass hood. The only thing that's steel is the cab. Uh, so yeah, I would say it was, I could say it was a race truck. Yeah, what kind of power was the thing putting out then? 
It was a conservatively like a thousand horsepower. Okay, so a thousand horsepower, probably what fifteen hundred foot pounds of torque ish. Yeah, fifteen, eighteen hundred. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, it was. It's not like some slouch. Some like we're talking about like a seriously built. Yeah, race it was vehicle. It it was. We were set out to do some pretty cool stuff with it, you yeah. know, and I, I had high hopes of winning all the events I went to. So. Yeah, that's what I was just trying to portray to people that are listening, like yeah. the actual caliper of this truck, because some people may be thinking it's like. Oh, like old farm truck. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like no, <laughs> it was it, it was big. It's big tire, you know, it has 30, 32 inch tall slicks, 14 mm-hmm. inch wide. Uh, Did it have a nine inch in the back, or was it still? No, it had the Dana sixty. Still the Dana. Yeah, nice. Yeah, we prayed every time I let off the trans brake. <laughs> yeah, I those was things like... are heavy too. <laughs> yeah, pumpkin is like the size of freaking like a beach ball. Yeah, yeah. No, they 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 are heavy. That truck, that truck went across the scales like four thousand pounds. Still, I mean that's pretty reasonable though. For, yeah. I mean, I imagine it probably still had the frame rails from. Yeah. M- yep. Most of the frame rails, at least. No, it had full frame. Oh, full, full frame. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know it if was, it was cut like no, after it was, the bed or something. Nope, it was full frame. Okay, so it was it was um pretty heavy then. I yeah. guess, yeah. Four thousand pounds. That's a lot of dragon drive cars, though. That's, yeah. That's about the weight of quite a few of the dragon drives that I know. Yeah. And you can tow with it safely. And, uh, we'll get into that, but yeah. our, our towing did not go very well. <laughs> so so then you make it to Ice Cream Cruise. Yeah. And that's your first time around the 1320 guys, I imagine? Yeah, that was... Well, when I was at home uh, crowdfunding and, and messaging everyone, obviously I messaged uh, Fred mm-hmm. and Kyle, and I, and I told them the story. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And Fred, he's like, well, I'll see you sometime this year. And I was like, okay. So I showed up to the ice cream cruise, and that was my first that was my first interaction with the 1320 guys. So Yeah, and then they were kind of um, – that's, that's an interesting event for people that don't know. It's very, like, there's roll racing. There's a little bit of, like, no prep eighth-mile drag yeah, racing. And then yeah. there's a big car show. Huge car show. The car show there is unreal. And it's all a charity event. Kyle yeah. donates all the money. Yeah. I, I love ice cream cruise. If there's one event in the Midwest to go to, it's that That's, one. And that just gives me chills, man, because that event literally changed my life. Really? Yeah. So it kick-started, like, it, the ability to finally fulfill some of those marketing obligations, right. I guess? Uh, fulfill the marketing obligations, but also to get traction online and to mm-hmm. the masses and show people that I'm out here doing this, you know, and... Uh, some people took me as a joke, but uh, like I said, I'm a man of what I say I'm going to do. I'm going to do it. So Yeah, so you pull into Ice Cream Cruise. How did that kind of go? I pulled into Ice Cream Cruise, and I was overwhelmed by, you know, the, the caliper of it. And uh, I made a couple passes, and Fred comes up on the golf cart and sticks a camera in my face and starts talking to me, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, what's going on? You know, and that was the moment where I said, it's all or nothing, guys. You know, and I was talking to myself. I said, this is it. We have to make, a, we have to make our mark here at the ice cream cruise or we're going to pack it up and go home. So I made a couple passes. I didn't make the top. I think it's like top 32 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't make it into the, the race. 
So I said, hey, I got some spare tires over here. I'm going to uh, join the burnout contest. I was like, I, I got to get more camera time. I got to get more time yeah. in front of these people. How well, what am I going to do? And so I was like, I'll just sign up for the burnout contest. How hard's burnout, you know? Yeah. Thousand horsepower truck, you know. Should spin them easy. Pro mod, well, you know, it shouldn't be too bad. What's the transmission and gearing in that thing? It's uh, It was a built uh, 48, uh, 48 RE okay. uh, and stock gear, stock rear end. Like a 350. 350? Yeah, okay. it's like I'm 351. I'm burnout mind starts to kick in and i'm like how much wheel speed can you get how, <laughs> how easy is it to overheat one of those trans with no load <laughs> uh the problem wasn't the transmission though the problem was uh we ended up blowing the motor in mm -hmm. the in the burnout box i think i was on i think i was third or fourth gear for a minute and a half and that ended up putting oil all over the all over everything but I they so, hold they hold plenty of oil so yeah. that makes sense. So I back so we pushed it out of the burnout box after a minute and a half burnout, and we pushed it off to the side. And uh, Fred comes over and he's like, "Man, that was a heck of a burnout." And I was like, "Yeah, it was great." And I looked over and I was like, "Oh, the valve because the twelve valves have individual valve covers over each uh, rocker set, yeah. and one of the valve cover gaskets like uh, blew out." And I was like, oh, Fred, it's just a valve cover gasket. I'll go back out there. Well, it wasn't. It turned out to be the rods and everything else. But long story short, that was that was my turning point when it came to social media. I, so it got the traction finally yeah. that was needed from going to an event like that. Right. And then that kind of helped snowball the whole, I guess, marketing side of what you were trying to do. Right. And I'm sure the sponsors appreciate the burnout because oh for sure ironically those have probably the biggest crowd standing around them anyways currently yeah so it's kind of funny and then everybody likes a diesel truck doing a burnout right add right. some fuel to it and just kind of <laughs> roll coal yeah and every, every like like you said everyone enjoyed it and so and the sponsors enjoyed the the publicity that they got out of it and like i said that just kind of kicked off the whole social media thing and mm -hmm. uh I've just been going at it, you know, ever since then. Yeah, so where where do you go from there? So you do you pack up, head back to the shop that built it, and you're like, okay, we got to put a new motor in this thing? No, I uh, the next morning I woke up, and I walked out, and the tr truck was still blown up. I thought it was a dream, you know? Yeah. The truck was still blown up. I was like, shoot, 2,100, still about 2,100 miles away from home. I got a blown-up truck now. I'm living yep. in a 40-foot car trailer what am i gonna do so i got on social media and i started and i made a couple posts and i said hey i need another 12 valve engine and a guy messaged me from texas he says hey i got an engine you show up down here and we will we'll get you an engine all set up and we'll get you ready to go so i went down to texas got another engine and uh continued on the journey that year with the with the 12 valve i did a couple more races and went and seen some more people and stuff like that so yeah what was it what was it running then in like uh that that truck would run like a 670 in the eighth so like okay that's i mean that's pretty healthy for like 950 all things considered and yeah. a stock unopened 12 valve pretty much yeah. at that point like with a lot of fuel a bunch of turbo <laughs> a lot of fuel and a lot of turbo yeah what kind of um what kind of boost pressure are you seeing on that thing then 
Like 70, 70 pounds of boost okay. on those. Yeah, so about my six-cylinder, too. I see, yeah. I see about 70, and then we throw some nitrous on top of it because... Exactly. I mean, it helps cool the charge temperature. That's that, what I tell people. But <laughs> what, what's, a, what's a race vehicle without nitrous, though? Exactly. You know? if, you, if, you, if, you don't have, if you have a turbo and no nitrous, it's kind of like, ugh. Exactly. <laughs> That's you want to throw a little bit on top of there, yeah. Just to you got just started. you just got to sprinkle a little bit of nitrous into exactly. it. Exactly. So. I took Fred for a ride yesterday in the car, and I was thinking about turning the bottle on. I was Did like, maybe I should open the bottle up. You should just because, like, you don't have to put your foot on the gas for as long before you spool. <laughs> right. It's just a little adder. A yeah, little pick me up. Yeah. It's the coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you will. So and then um, you're you're in Texas at that point, yep. and you've done a drag and drive with it, haven't you? Yeah, so I kind of took about a month or so to regroup, and I had the opportunity to go to Rocky Mount Race Week, uh, and that was another turning point to my... Honestly, I would say the Drag and Drive community and the Drag and Drive event was the like the feather in the cap. It was the, it was the catapult, the slingshot to the next level on yeah the internet really. yeah those guys are unreal with that community and yeah. everything and matt frost does such a good job at putting those events on in such like a family atmosphere right that they've built like him in june yeah and really a testament to what they've done and the dragon drive community i feel has adopted me to a certain degree you know i i, I didn't uh participate in 1.0 of last year but as you as you stated you know it's it's a family you know and i didn't have a vehicle to go into 2.0 last year so i recruited a friend to to go with me and we took his 3000 horsepower diesel pickup out on rocky mount race week last last year so oh okay so you were co-piloting co-piloting yeah and so you convinced a guy to bring his vehicle out there for you to co-pilot yeah. when you've claimed that you don't have mechanical skill. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I just told him I was like, "Hey, dude, uh, you're good at convincing people." Clearly. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was like, it was it was in it was in February that and I was and I messaged him and I was like, "Hey, dude, uh, you got a lot of because he just broke he just broke the the chassis dyno record in November." of 3000 horsepower and yeah. there was a whole bunch of like oh no that was bs you didn't do that blah 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 and so february came around and the tickets were coming up available and i was like hey dude if i can get us a ticket do you want to go i was like this would be a great opportunity a great storyline uh for your uh for your brand also yeah and he's like heck yeah i'll go so we ended up taking his truck out this what's the year. story on that truck then it's you said 3,000 horsepower. Is that also inline six? Yep, yep. It, but it's uh, inline six, but it's a common rail. So it's electronically fueled. That's what I've heard. Common rail is king. Dude, it's the way to go. It's the way <laughs> it's to go. That's what everybody says. Uh, it just makes things so much easier. Yeah, like, tuning is actually like a... You can actually tune it. You can actually tune it instead right. of just kind of like tuning a carburetor i guess it is it is like tuning a carburetor on a 12 valve yeah uh, you're just adjusting fuel you're not really doing much more yeah it just depends like if you like wrenching 12 valves way to go if you like to punch keyboard uh keys on a keyboard common rail is way to go yeah so. that makes sense and even the 
So what size displacement then is the common rail? Uh, 6.7. Okay, so it's 6.7. Yeah. So it's big displacement, too. Yeah. And that's huge. So the 12 valve is only a 5.9. Yeah, that's massive displacement difference. Yeah. So even just there. You pick up a lot. So your drag and drive then, trials and tribulations. I want to hear a little bit about what it's like to drag and drive a diesel vehicle making 3,000 horsepower. Like, what class were you in? What did it do all week? So... We will rewind to my first time doing okay, drag and yeah. drive. Uh, so we took the pro mod truck out on drag and drive. I was like, it's a diesel truck. It's going to be reliable. Nothing's going to go wrong. You know, it can pull a trailer easily, obviously. Right. It you would should think. on paper. Yeah. It didn't turn out that way. <laughs> we changed the transmission fluid in the trans in the filter probably nine times that week. The converter was just coming apart. It was, it, oh man, every time, every every time you would come to a gas station, dude, I was underneath the truck changing the trans fluid. Did the lockup have issues or something? Was it just no, like cooking it, was, it? No, it was just uh, a lot of shape, a lot it. of uh, a lot of clutch material, and a lot of shavings were coming through, and it was plugging the filter. Mm. So, so it was probably slipping a little bit too, making it hot while you're driving. That would probably raise temperature. I don't know how much data you get on this. I'm just guessing. Well, uh, at that level, there wasn't a lot of data. Yeah. It was more like we were using our five senses to kind of feel what was going on. That's how I raced, too. <laughs> <laughs> Very little data. <laughs> Very little data. But if you could smell or touch, then that would be the way to go. Yeah. You know? <laughs> kind of look under there. Is the converter steaming yet? <laughs> Is it dripping fluid? Nope. Is the paint Send chipping it. off of it? Is it that hot? <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, so you're you're driving through the mountains now at this point. No, we did 2.0. Oh, okay, 2.0. So yeah. you're driving through Oklahoma. Horrible scenery. Uh, yeah. Flat plains, terrible roads. Yes. In, in a pro mod truck. In a pro mod pickup truck. <laughs> and we're talking about my truck, not the 3,000 horsepower yeah. truck. Uh, and I just had a whole bunch of transmission issues. Uh, but I, I finished, you know, uh, the, the last... It didn't. It almost didn't break the beams, but yeah. you know we ended up finishing. And like I said, that that the drag and drive community kind of really adopted me at that point, and I felt the desire to bring in another person into the community. And I think you would agree, like inviting someone into that community is, it's not easy because it is a family, you yeah. know. And so you just don't want to bring in any, you know, anybody. So I uh, reached out to uh, Chris Patterson. Uh, he, like I said, he just broke the 3,000 horsepower record. Yep. So I was like, well, what better person to take on 2.0 this last year? So. And they're always looking for people with unique setups. Yeah. And 1320 loves that kind of stuff. Right. I mean, not everybody can be out there with an LS Fox body. And it'd be interesting for video. Yeah, for sure. So they're always kind of hoping for the unique setups. So day one, you're going through tech. Somebody comes up and interviews you on your Dragon Drive. What do you say your goals are? Uh, to make it through the week. Okay. I didn't know if you were like, oh, I have a goal of, you know, 650 average or no, 70 uh, average. Because <laughs> as... Uh, Again, I I'm not I'm I'm not a racer. I didn't grow up racing, so yeah. going down the track is just six seconds of fun, really. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so I set the 
set it out to just finish the event. Uh, and that's a hard that's a hard deal. That's just, tough in itself. But yeah. me and Fred were talking about yes yesterday's podcast where he talks to people on day one and they have like this high goal that they set. <laughs> and then day three, he talks to them again and they're like, I just want to make it back to my trailer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you, you quickly start to deteriorate yeah. your goals until yeah. your goals are like, I just want to make it to the hotel. <laughs> like, <if> I, <laughs> uh, And that's kind of how it works in that thing. Like in tech, you could go through like, oh, I'm I'm going to, you know, set the world on fire yeah. out here. And then <laughs> it humbles it, you really quickly. It does. And. So with Chris Patterson, we read the rules, and I guess the rules state in Rowdy Radial, 8th Mile, most diesel racing is 8th Mile. Yep. So in the rules state that anything all-wheel drive can run slicks. Okay. So we said, well, heck, we're used to running 8th Mile, and we have a set of slicks, so why not just jump into Rowdy Radial? So that's what we did. Uh, I think we ran like a 5 90 or so average mm-hmm. that week but we had a bunch of troubles with the 3000 horsepower truck also i mean so, as transmission as issues yeah. transmission issues dodge so using oem dodge parts <laughs> yep i've never even owned a dodge and i've actually broken three 68 rfes in my <laughs> life <laughs> and i've never owned a dodge <laughs> you you would think that they would outsource that project or you know they would outsource transmissions like yeah. they do the engine and c- try to be reliable for the consumer. You can buy the ASIN, I think it is. Yeah. For like the the heavy duty ASIN transmission, which yeah. is the right one to get if you have a truck with a sixty eight RFE. It's probably gonna let go at some point. Just depends on who it, who you talk to, but uh, yeah, they're they're they both have their issues. They mm-hmm. both have their issues, but anyways, so we went out with his truck and we completed it. But back to what you're saying is people, people start day one and they're like, oh, my gosh, we're going to do all this cool stuff and run all these times. The breaking point really is day three going into like day four, yeah. like the night of day three. If that's kind of the breaking point of where you're like, oh, this really sucks and I got to push through it or you're having a joyful time, you know? So. Yeah, because like. I've seen the people that are breezing through it. Yeah. And I'm so jealous of them because <laughs> it's always difficult. I mean, they make it look easy, I'm sure, yeah. but it's it's difficult for all of us. And day 3 is definitely that like turning point where you realize like you've hurt you've turned in a couple slips by now. Yeah. You know if you're going to have just like a terrible average. Right. And you already know like things are starting to fail in your car. <laughs> if you know your car pretty well, you're like, you know, that doesn't sound right i don't right. like that noise yeah. that smell like things are starting to come apart <laughs> when when i went out with my uh with my 12 valve truck uh was that a chicken yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's chickens outside they want to be involved in the <laughs> video <laughs> anyways when i went out with my truck the i have fiberglass bedsides the bedsides fell off the truck. They, the Oklahoma roads literally broke the mounts. Mm-hmm. And the and I looked in the rearview mirror, and the bedsides, like, over in the other lane. It was just like hanging off the truck. Yeah. Like, it was just, oh, it was, it was flapping, just flapping catching in the wind. wind. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was funny because my brother, he looked back. He's like, eh, the bedside's falling off now. Yeah. And it was just, it was funny. And what do you go about with that? Because, like, you can't just, like, okay, I'll put it, I'll take it off and leave it on my trailer. Like, then no. you kind of have to, what, ratchet strap it on, we zip, zip tie it. We zip tied. We zip tied the bedsides, mm-hmm. like, the mounts. We, we, like, drilled a hole in the frame, 
and like stuck the mount back through and then drilled a hole into the mount and stuck a zip tie through it so it couldn't like pull out of the frame. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing that always gets me a little envious on the diesel stuff is you don't have to worry about fuel. You yeah. Just, everywhere's got the same fuel. Yes. Like even with my car, like 93 varies a lot. Yeah, that is true. Like a huge variation. If I drive four hours north, that 93 may not be the same. That gas it's station very, might not have very the same. Very much true. But we do run into problems because we depend, the diesels depend on nitrous a lot. Yeah. So we definitely have to, you know, we have that problem of not having enough nitrous to last us through the week. Yeah, I got to watch um, my buddy Wyatt, obviously, kind of yeah. struggle through his diesel journey a little bit. That was impressive. He, his truck is awesome. Yeah. And it kind of um, really, I think, gave a good showing of what an all-wheel drive diesel can do oh absolutely and especially like he kind of has smooth sailings driving and everything but i don't know the diesel stuff for drag and drive seems great and some drag and drives allow nitrous fill-ups in the pits right i don't know if rocky mountain race week had anybody filling them up uh on that on both of our events that i attended i don't recall filling nitrous at the yeah so what are you looking for speed shops uh, speed shops or usually, like on Rocky Mountain Race Week, you only use very minimal to spool on. You use a spool jet, and yeah. then the rest of it, you just run fuel. Uh, Running eighth mile helps a lot. Yeah. If you're trying to spray through the quarter, would be that'd be a real tough deal. That'd be tough, and it'd use a lot of a lot of your resources on Dragon Drives. It's about rationing your resources to make it to the end. Yeah. So. Yeah, so do you have any plans to um, kind of get it back out for another one? Uh, yeah, so currently the truck is back. My truck is back in Washington, and we are uh, rewiring the truck, and we are actually turning it back into more of a street trim type of truck. We're going to put a full bed back on it, obviously mm -hmm. a gutted bed, yeah. a gutted tailgate, put a dash in it, a real dash, and uh, put a, a tin soldier's rear end in it, Okay. Four linked and cut some frame rail off of it a little bit. Cut, cut a little bit. Tubes in there instead. Save you know, a little weight. Are you a car enthusiast looking for an exciting new podcast to listen to? Check out the Test Drive podcast hosted by Lepo Dead. This podcast is packed with discussions about some of the most iconic vehicles in automotive history and inside knowledge from behind the scenes. From the Mustang to the Camaro, we cover it all. So buckle up and enjoy the ride. Listen to Test Drive on your favorite podcast app today. To a certain to a certain point, like racing is race cars has have gotten so fast that it's hard to be competitive in a diesel truck. You know, if you want to go out and be competitive on no prep in a diesel truck, you got to run like 530. Yeah. A reliable 530 in a diesel truck is it's going to cost you money. Yeah, that's a really that's a really big ask. Yeah. for a diesel truck to right. do that and consecutively. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And with the amount of nose weight on them, too, it yeah. is a pretty tough deal. Yeah. But they are perfect for drag and drives because the fastest car doesn't really matter as much in right. drag and drives. It may matter to the fastest guy. Right. But 
you're kind of in your own world in that. Like yeah. You're kind of you're kind of have tunnel vision in a drag and drive where you're just right. focused on like on yourself. On yourself. <laughs> to a certain point, but then when the guys pulled over on the side of the road, you're like, yeah. all right, dude, we got to pull over and help you out a little but bit. But like when the ladder, like the the racing. Sheet, oh right. Like you're just focused on like your own lane, your, your yeah. own like your own time and trying exactly. to trying to get all that. Like I know my out. average, and I didn't really care about too much right. else. <laughs> That is true. Yeah, you get that tunnel vision <laughs> effect where it's like you're just at the World Series of Pro Mod and you got to focus entirely on what the other guys got going on. Right. Like just right. as much as your deal. Track conditions from noon to three, how much they change. And yeah. Drag and drive, we don't really worry too much about that. We just try to get our pass in for the day and hit yeah. the road. Well, sick week, we got so lucky because the race tracks in Bradenton are, are in Florida and Georgia are so good. Yeah. And they're such radial prepped tracks. Right. Whereas if you compare it to a, you know, Rocky mountain race week where you're in high elevation, somewhat marginal tracks, yeah. the fast guys aren't going to get down and the big tire cars almost don't even mean anything in Florida. That's true. Cause the small tire cars are on them. Yeah. Constantly. That, that is true. This last sick week, there was some fast stuff. Yeah, I think, like, top, out of the top three, like, two of them or one of them was a radial car, so. That's impressive. Kind of makes you think the yeah. radial world. Ignite barrel pop. <laughs> it's like a thermometer. It <laughs> <laughs> knows once it's starting to get warm. That's our cue. Yeah. No. Uh, so but, you guys were just at World Series of Pro Mod, too, then. Yeah, so this year I am uh, focusing on rebuilding my race program. I uh, I also have a car. I don't know if you know about that, but I have an '89 Dodge Colt that's 4G63 swapped. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I'm working on rebuilding that, rebuilding the race truck. But this year I'm kind of stepping away from actually racing myself to go out and chase some pro mod action. So. Oh, so you're gonna kind of go cover some stuff, yep. and there's a lot of pro mod action to chase this year. Yeah, working on, working on. Uh, staying relevant but capturing other people's capturing other people's moments yeah well so i guess then you were out there and the front wheel drive stuff was probably pretty alluring then as well that was interesting that was interesting it's a weird combo but they kind of also work yeah together yeah to see a rusted out like 89 civic going sevens was like holy smokes that was yeah. That racing is crazy too because it really is roll of the dice. Like it is. Bad bad launches happen all the time. Yeah. Bad trees happen all the time. Like anything can really happen in that in yeah. the front wheel drive stuff. Yeah, and the, uh you guys may have seen it or not, but uh so the final round it was the rusted out 89 uh Civic. Yep. And it was a uh, neatly wrapped uh 94 civic and the the rusted guy he like staged and timed out the the nicer car beside him and the rusted civic ended up oiling down the whole track and his team was like looking around they just won twenty thousand dollars and nobody was cheering they didn't even know what happened they're like what just happened (laughs) yeah they didn't even because the other guy timed out so he got a red light yeah and the rusted civic was like his team they're not cheering or anything and they're like what's going on they're more worried about him oiling down the track they just won twenty thousand (laughs) dollars so i didn't get to see that last pass so he had both bulbs lit 
and the other guy couldn't get his second bulb lit? Correct. Correct. Okay. I didn't know if he had like double bulb him, I guess. No. Yeah. He, yeah. They were up. they were both staged and then he uh the rusted civic he uh, staged uh, turned on second bulb and the other guy I don't know what was so going on. So he just on. sat there on the two step. He just sat there sat there and the, and the starter yeah. flipped the switch and you got like 7 seconds in that deal. Yep, and that was it. Oh man, that's a that's a really unfortunate in the way to go for out. $20,000. And then to also blow up and oil it down. Yeah, but he had $20,000 in his pocket. Yeah, but <laughs> the guy that was supposed to race after him didn't. Yeah, that's true. And, and Wade, who has to <laughs> has to get back on the tractor. <laughs> that was the second time he cleaned up after the rusted car, too. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a meeting about. <laughs> yeah, Wade, Wade, I don't think, was very happy. And it was later in the evening, too, so it was yeah, like 7, 38 o'clock. So. When there's only like a couple cars left to go, so at that point you're cleaning up for like five pairs yeah it may be. and yeah. then i couldn't even believe to see the si- the bottom 16 cars uh melanie went just as fast as the first place guy yeah like legitimately that would have been a awesome drag race yeah which is insane that between what 50 some odd cars the spread was so close that this last weekend it doesn't even matter this last weekend the way that they had that race structured it was it was really impressive because the guy that was the fastest didn't win yeah you know in the pro mod side the guy that was the slowest he barely got into the 32 car field he ended up going home with a hundred thousand dollars yep because he was consistent and what he had his program together but he was consistent to go a to b and he was consistently getting faster throughout the night. Yeah. Like, they made the correct decisions yep. to get the car to go faster as it cooled down. Yeah. And they read the track right. Yep. And then Melanie went the exact same, basically the exact same ET. I think it was 364 with an O. Yeah. They both went. Yeah. Which is insane to see happen in a 52-car field. Both first-place guys go that it was. It was wild. It was wild. I was thinking, I was like, man, like, the $10,000 one almost sounds more alluring. Like, it, if I go out there, I'm like... Oh, you know, there's that chance to win a hundred grand, but then there's only, there's one in sixteen chance I win ten. Yeah, yeah. The odds That's, are kind of good. The odds are good to win the ten thousand. Yeah, so. that was cool that they added that. The Chicago style kind of threw me for a little bit. It, it took me a couple hours to figure out like exactly how it was structured, but it the way that they put on that event, I I liked it. It was it was a great uh, it was a great event. Yeah, so. West Buck did an awesome job on that deal. Yeah. He did a. Um, I think 1320 just walked up. Nice. Have them come and on in. the back. We'd love to talk to those guys. Yeah. So your next event, um, your plans to, where where do you take your truck now? You're turning it more to street. Is yeah. that specifically so you can sign up for Dragon Drives? and To be, yes, and to be competitive yeah. in it. Uh, you know, I want to be able to fit into the slower into the slower rules or the slower classes to be more competitive yep. within my, you know, within my budget. So, uh, <clears throat> but then to kind of st- steer an, another direction is uh, my next major event is actually with my car. So uh, I have an 89 Dodge Colt with yep. the 4G63 swap. Front wheel drive? All wheel drive. All wheel drive, okay. Yep, all wheel drive. And uh, we're looking to get that car into the fours in the eighth mile this hmm. year. So. There's not many people that have a Colt. 
No, there's it's only very rare. There's vehicle. like three of them out there. But I guess it's the same engine trans and yeah. a bunch of other stuff that kind of crosses S- over. Same unreliable DSM stuff. Yeah. Well, there was a DSM that did pretty good on Sick Week. Yes, Tony did do. He yeah. did do pretty good. But shout out to Tony. You've got to watch out for Sick Week next year, man, because I'm going to come out swinging. So. Okay. So now you're kind of are using the same kind of formula. You reach out to some companies, get some parts. Uh, no, I have kind of, I've kind of stepped away from that that part of marketing mm-hmm. and uh as of right now because i don't need the funding i guess yeah. but come next you know come this winter q4 uh of the year i'll definitely be reaching out to people to try to get funding for for next year yeah so what are like the long-term goals on the cult then just to yeah, uh ET next goals you got mile an hour goals on that thing uh for the cult the next year would probably be uh to run a lot more drag and drive events, try to just dial it into an 850 because that's what it's caged for. Yeah, and just try to go out there. I I feel like I'm an analytical person, and I you know keep track of the you know the stats on the drag and drive community. And I feel if you go out there with an 850 consecutive car in your class properly, you're gonna win something. Yeah, I mean, if you have a consistent 850 car yeah. and you can do that every time, you can definitely, you can win a lot of racing in general. Yeah. If your car can make it up to every round and run 850s, yeah. I tell people that all the time. I had this same conversation with my co-pilot, Sketchyvert. Yeah. I'm like, just get your car to run 850s on any surface. On anything. And you're good. A, l- a lot have of, a lot of fun. Yeah. You'll have a lot of fun and you'll be competitive. You know, I the it's being consistent and showing up to the round you know ready to go uh yeah. is what wins events exactly and so i think with the colt next year if i can show up to as many dragon drives events as the schedule allows i think i have a a car that'll you know be competitive to it so so now the colt will you kind of pack that thing down with equipment or will you tow a trailer with that uh i plan on putting a roof rack on it okay yeah yeah the roof rack's great until you have to unload it constantly then it gets a lot less fun and we're unloading four slicks too yeah so i don't know how good it would do towing though like i don't know how good the colt would do towing it's a weird it's a weird thing because i want to tow a trailer as well because after one year of unloading and and reloading everything gets real tiring yeah i i can see that i've i haven't ever done a drag and drive event without a trailer so i can't say whichever way to go with it but i would say uh i don't know i'd have to talk to the guys and see how it do towing yeah who's um who's doing the wrenching on that thing at the moment uh raven fab raven fabrication up in spokane washington okay they're the ones that are building that isn't um devin up there too with his dsm stuff devin uh, uh devin. he's up in the chicago area devin schultz no um oh, oh i thought with the red one. Um, yeah, the red, the red demon. I thought he was in Oregon. No, Oregon. he's up in the Chicago oh, all right, area. it makes sense. Yeah. It's kind of the... We used to, when I was with Garrett, we used to kind of battle it out with them a little bit. Okay. <laughs> that was um, that was kind of our unofficial rival. Gotcha. He was our, he was our rival, but we weren't his. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, was, uh, it was a weird deal. We were always chasing him. Yeah. And that car was always flying. I mean, he was going sixes when we were not even 
close. Not even thinking about going six. <laughs> yeah, he was already kind of kicking the door in. Right. Yeah. Pushed they, it through. They have. Uh, they got their program together yeah. in, the, in the DSM world. So. So what's your um, what's what's your strategy then? You sold everything. Where do you plan to eventually kind of permanently set up again? Do you have any desire I, to I set up again? You're just yeah, man. I don't know. You tow know. around a vehicle until it, it doesn't work I'm, anymore. I'm currently in uh, in Indiana. Yeah. Uh, at the in the Amish country. Okay. <laughs> Uh, that's where the hat comes from. Yep. Uh, and just kind of hanging out, helping a helping a buddy out at his shop, and at his racetrack, and just kind of going from there. Uh, I don't really have a, I don't really have an idea. Hey guys. <laughs> no, I I I don't really have a, a timeline on when I want to like settle down and get a house or anything like that. It's kind of actually kind of scary to me to do to do that because i've been so mobile for the last three years that mm -hmm. i enjoy it so so what do you what's your like setup right now you have a 44 foot trailer you said or 40 foot no trailer? that that got totaled oh okay <laughs> that, that trailer ended up getting totaled uh at, in a in a snowstorm we ended up my driving skills aren't very good either so I, it, it got totaled so now i'm currently living in a 44 foot rv Four slide outs, by the way. Oh, okay. That's um, a huge upgrade. Yeah. Huge upgrade. When I, when I first, uh, so the 44 foot car trailer only had like a 300 square foot uh, tiny. tiny living quarters. And I lived in it for like seven, just like seven or eight months before I got the RV. Yeah. So now the RV with the four slide outs is like luxury. Why would I want to? I'm thinking in my head right now, I'm like, why would I want to buy a house? I went from 300 square feet to. 700 square feet i'm like i had doubled <laughs> i love rvs uh, they're yeah. great everything's right there you can't take a bunch of stuff you don't need mm -hmm. you're kind of forced into like if it doesn't fit underneath it you're not taking it <laughs> leave it leave it oh it's like every it's like every couple months dude i'm throwing stuff out because yeah. there's too much stuff in there you have so. to you just have to leave stuff behind abandon stuff yep. it's it's great <laughs> it kind of um it's kind of like a fun almost like a different philosophy mindset where yeah. like you have to be minimalistic by force yeah and it's kind of like um i don't know i look at stuff all the time and i'm like i have too much just like stuff i'd like to get rid of it all you know uh material stuff don't really matter in in life i think no it know? really doesn't and unless you need the tool on a at a racetrack then it matters <laughs> tools are one thing yeah but like i, I mean, but clutter so much like, clutter yeah just I'm clutter's just, brain yeah. i don't know how much thought you give to like that side of things or is it more just like a i've i've had sh i've had shirts and apparel in a in the kitchen area of the rv for the last like eight months and i think i'm just gonna give them away because i just don't like to clutter there anymore yeah so not needed. Just like you know what i haven't really sold them so let's just just give them away yeah. So probably the next couple of events, if you guys see me, I'll probably be giving away free shirts. Where's, where's your next move to then? You said uh, you have an event in 10 days. Yeah, so I'll be down with the, Mid the Midwest Drag Series down at, in Ennis, Texas, or, yeah, Ferris, Texas, XRP, mm -hmm. Dallas area. So we'll, I'll be down there doing coverage for them. Uh, my next personal event is going to be Rocky Mountain Race Week 2.0, and I'll be bringing the Colt out for that. Uh, but other than that... I think 2024, I'll also want to go international. Okay, so where yeah. where would you try to get international then? I mean, it seems like Australia is the 
next bustling drag I, race. I think the Colt is going to go to Puerto Rico. Oh, that that's awesome. Yeah, like send your vehicle yeah. international. Okay. So the Colt is going to go to Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a they have a big event, I guess, in the first quarter of the year. Mm-hmm. I have to look into their schedule, but uh, I want to go to India. They have uh, they have a rickshaw race, and it's with tuk tuks. Yeah. So to describe to the audience what a tuk tuk is, is a three wheel. 10 horsepower it has like it's like a three-wheeled golf cart really yep and we're going to travel 1800 miles in a three-wheeled golf cart at, with 10 horsepower <laughs> it's like a it's like a drag and drive but <laughs> foreign that's pretty awesome yeah so that's going to be my next uh big big show is mm-hmm. 2024 we're going to go over to india and do the rickshaw race tuck tuck ribshaw Dude, it's if you haven't looked into it, definitely go on YouTube and look up Tuk Tuk Racing. I've seen it in Thailand, okay. the videos of that, and they yeah. do similar things where whatever's on the islands is that's, what they use. That's all you got. Because you're not getting stuff, like, sent yeah. in, really, because it's just too unreasonably priced. Right. So it's probably, I mean, obviously India is way different, but, yeah. like, it's probably similar <laughs> where it's like you're not going out and buying a brand-new turbo. You're going <laughs> to... No. and Or new parts. In the... The organization that we're going with actually provides you with the uh, with the vehicle. Mm-hmm. So they provide you with the vehicle. It's a three person team, and you have twelve days to go eighteen hundred miles through mountains, through uh, along the coast, through cities. And I don't know their language, so mm-hmm. I'm currently sourcing a local to go with us, and I need uh, an American to go with us or. A local, a local person in India, but also a person over here. So mm. I'm trying to recruit a friend, Cooper. <laughs> I mean, shoot, I was about to say that sounds awesome. When are you going? <laughs> uh, well, we're on our emailing list, so it's going to be in the, la- the last quarter of 2024. So <laughs> Okay, well, I mean, shoot, if you need a friend, keep me updated on that one. I because, will. Um, I will document it. <laughs> that, well... I'm not good at wrenching, so <laughs> I need a I need a good friend that would. Well, I guess I don't know how much wrenching there's to do on. I, I would think, imagine they're pretty easy to work on, like wrenching on like a Vespa. <laughs> I can't like you know like any small motor is simple yeah. at that point. There's. Are you good at working on your mower? Yeah, I got a carburetor coming for it right now. Hey, if you're good at working on the mower, I guess I. <laughs> I'm. I like to consider myself just good enough at all tasks. <laughs> To get by, okay. but not great at any one thing. Like, hey. I can just do enough to, like, set up a podcast yeah. and actually make it work. I can yeah. just do enough to wrench and actually get down the track. <laughs> in, but none of it's stellar. <laughs> right. Hey, we don't, I don't think in India we're going to need anything too stellar, so. I can talk with my hands a little bit. Yeah. So maybe I can kind of. <laughs> well, and that's one reason why I want to recruit a local. And in my logistics business, I do a lot of business with uh, Middle Easterns. Mm-hmm. So I've been talking to them about trying to find a local over there that is English speaking so we can speak with them. Yeah. But they can also speak to the locals in case we get ourselves into a little bit of a yeah, pickle. Yeah. I'm sure we can be offensive very easily to some locals. I know. Probably. I'm pretty sure Jeremy Clarkson got canceled for something he did in like India or something where he <laughs> made fun of a cow. Huh. I don't well, think you're supposed to make fun of cows over okay. there. I think there's some touchy stuff. But I'll, uh, I'll note that in my 
on my so phone. So is it a local company that does that, or is it like a it's U.S. An, company that kind of has Engl- a foothold in there? It's an England company that oh, does classic it. Classic English, still have control over yeah, India. Yeah, it's an English company. And they actually have a bunch of different endurance-style racing. I, I don't think it's racing. I think it's just endurance-style adventures. Yeah. Uh, they have one where you they give you a, like a Coleman pit bike. Yep. And you go across the desert with it. So there's there's a bunch of different things that you can sign up for. But, uh, yeah, that's my next big big adventure is going over to India to do that. That will be an awesome so, one. Yeah, that would be really cool. Yep. It would be fun to uh, bring one back here and try to do a dragon drive with it too. <laughs> get a don't, tuk-tuk. Don't tempt me with the bad time. Get, get something like... <laughs> We even talked about it when I used to drive the mystery machine that, oh, yeah. that Garrett had. Yeah. He, he always wanted to do a drag and drive with that, and I always said that it would be terrible. But that's part of the fun yeah. of it almost is like the Tom Bailey does a great job with the sick freaks. Right. He brings out weird combinations. Yeah. And that's where you would probably fit in anyways. You know, you just can't fit in in life. You know, if you're not, if you're not doing something obnoxious or extreme or just wild, then that's my philosophy then why do it yeah exactly it's a lot less fun well man i got some awesome information um this is really cool where can they uh, follow you to keep up with all this uh mainly on youtube uh danny diesel is my youtube channel and on facebook also danny diesel okay so danny diesel on facebook youtube yep. instagram instagram right? yeah okay so across the board um danny do you have any diesel. you have any other uh, stories you wanted to share with us before we uh, kind of head out of here you know Whenever I am put on a, or whenever I'm invited to be on a platform like this, I just really want to tell people, you know, if you if you can dream it, you can do it. Okay. It just takes a lot of hard work, but it's definitely something that you can go out and do. But, you know, don't don't settle for mediocrity. Don't settle for unhappiness. You know, if you're if you are wanting to go out and do something and you have just the slightest little dream, that dream can turn into, you know, reality. So that's my that's my motto. That's what I'm out here pushing. So, you know, no matter if you're the slowest guy on the racetrack or if you're the fastest guy, just get out there and have fun and just live your life to the fullest. Good deal, man. So, Love to hear it. Awesome story. Glad to have you on, man. Um, yeah. When you make it back around through your whole adventures, we'll have you back on again and you can... Uh, Tell us some more tell, of the uh, tell tales. Guys, tell you guys all about it. <laughs> yeah, so. you can update us. <laughs> so I, I always have a story to tell. Yeah. So it's it's been a great time. And uh, like I said, you know, go out there and live your life, man. There's no no need to sit around and do nothing. So yeah, good deal, man. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, that was awesome. That was um it was a bit of a shorter one, but I think we got through a ton of really cool information. Yeah. And um, yeah, thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you. We will uh, see you next time. See you then. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. 
Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.